Welcome to Taking the High Road, a Driver Reach and Freightways production. I'm your host, Jeremy Raymer, founder and CEO of Driver Reach. On this show, I interview industry experts and thought leaders who bring their insights to the driver lifecycle as we discuss the industry's greatest challenges, driver recruiting and retention. I appreciate all the feedback we've received on the show so far. Please remember to rate and review Taking the High Road on whatever platform you're using to listen. Today, I've got a special treat. If you're interested in learning about the contentious topic of autonomous technology and what it means to the future of truck drivers. I'm excited to be joined by Jim Mullen, Chief Administrative Officer of Autonomous Technology Company, Too Simple. Welcome to the show, Jim. Great to see you. Thank you, Jeremy. Thanks for having me on the show. Appreciate it. Uh, I'd, like to, I'd like to make sure we lay the foundation for what Too Simple is, uh, what you're doing to disrupt the trucking industry as we know it, and, and what the vision is for the future of autonomous uh, driverless trucks. Um, that'll be a lot to unpack. Uh, and I also want to make sure uh, that we uh, take a question submitted by a listener during our deeper dive segment. Does that uh, all sound good to you? That works great for me. Hopefully we can take some of the contentiousness out of the topic as we, as we continue the dialogue. I agree. Yeah. I hope so. Um, <laughs> when, when we first met, you were the uh, chief counsel of the FMCSA, and then you became uh, acting FMCSA administrator for a year. Now in your uh, role with Too Simple, you have, you know, unique inside awareness of, of the driver shortage challenges uh, that the industry faces. For those unfamiliar with Too Simple, can you uh, provide an overview of, of the technology company? Sure, sure. So we're two things. We are, in fact, a technology company that is developing um, the artificial intelligence to operate a commercial motor vehicle. Uh, and we're going to do that at level four autonomy. Uh, and then secondly, we are a for hire motor carrier. Today, we, ha we haul freight on a daily basis um, for, for shippers and motor carriers alike, um, revenue generating runs, which in which we're also, also oftentimes mapping the high digital maps, which are necessary for autonomy. So uh, we, we, heard, we wear two hats. Um, and on the motor carrier side, Jeremy, the way that, that uh, Too Simple looks at um, how we are going to commercialize autonomous trucks, uh, our AI, our virtual driver, as we call it, that our par partnership uh, OAM is with Navistar. And so come 2024, when the, the purpose-built Navistar autonomous truck comes off the assembly line, there'll be two different business models. There'll be what we call carrier-owned capacity, where motor carriers buy that Navistar truck. They are the owner of the asset. They haul um, their customers' freight on those assets, and we operate the virtual driver for them. And then secondly, uh, Too Simple, will, again, will continue to be a motor carrier operating autonomous trucks uh, for our own customers. So, that yeah, that's interesting because you don't just compete with other technology companies. Then you actually compete uh, with other fleets, with other carriers to some degree. To some degree, yeah. And, and obviously, we're very sensitive to that topic. We have uh, strategic partnerships with a, a good number of motor carriers already today, uh, both in the truckload space, the uh, parcel space. Um, and so, yes, there, there'll be some times where we may uh, compete on some lanes with, with folks that are also operating a Navistar, too simple autonomous truck. Um, but we, we see the, the, Majority of our, of our services will be that, that carry-on capacity where we'll operate the virtual driver for the shipper or the motor carrier. So I was familiar with a company uh, a couple of years ago, Starsky Robotics, uh, that was focused on removing drivers from the truck, but instead having them drive uh, those trucks via remote control. Um, and that's not at all what Too Simple is doing, correct? 
That's right. Yep. Yep. I was, I was familiar with Sarsky as well. And when I was at the FMCSA, I had a number of conversations with, with their team. Uh, we do not do the remote driver. So our technology, as I uh, alluded to earlier, will be level four. Um, and so that means we can operate um, without a human driver within certain domains, ODDs, and which is, which is different, Jeremy, than L5. L5 is, I think, what some people believe. Um, the AV industry is doing L5 is essentially you can go anywhere you want any, anytime you want and under any conditions. And, uh, that's not what we're doing. So think of, uh, level four autonomy. We talk about it sometimes as the equivalent of, of a virtual railroad because we have to, um, map these lanes, these routes, high definition maps. Um, and so we, we are going to go from, you know, distribution center to distribution center. We will be doing in-town driving, but it's not going to be go anywhere anytime scenario. That's L5. And we don't see L5 really anytime in the near term, Jeremy. It's, it's going to be L4. So, um, that, that's, uh, what, what we're developing at Too Simple. So, and, and where are we now with it? I mean, like, how is it being utilized in trucks today? They're, they're obviously using, the L4 technology today, um, what's that experience like? Because uh, there there is a driver in it today, correct? That's right. That's right. So uh, today, all the runs that we do uh, has a safety driver in it, and it also has an engineer in the right seat that is uh, taking down notations on things that the truck encounters on the roadway uh, to to improve the, the artificial intelligence. So when it... Um, encounters an anomaly or something new, then we can, we can correct that. We can account for that. Uh, and, and across the system, the AI will be updated. So again, we're today, I'll give you an example. We haul freight today for UPS from a distribution center in Phoenix, just outside of the Phoenix airport. If you've been in the Phoenix airport, you're familiar with the area. It's relatively high traffic, high volumes, uh, we, we launch, we use the word launch. We launch in autonomous mode from that distribution center to a sorting center in Tucson. Um, so we navigate through town. We get on, uh, I-10. We go to Tucson. We get off I-10. We navigate through town to, to their facility there. Uh, and we do that multiple times every day and have been doing that for two years. So that's an example of what we're up to today. And we're doing that in, Arizona, New Mexico, and Texas. Um, so if you think in the Texas Triangle, we're heavy in Dallas, San Antonio, Austin, also El Paso to Dallas. Um, and by the end of the year, Jeremy will be uh, into Jacksonville, Flor- Orlando, Florida, Orlando to Jacksonville. Uh, we'll be, um, again, eastwards to, to Atlanta, Georgia, and also east to um, North Carolina, uh, Charlotte. So we're, we're expanding our, our, our network. Uh, if you were to look at our website, you'll see that the terminology autonomous freight network quite a bit, AFN, autonomous freight network. And, and, and what that is, Jeremy, that is that, that high definition mapped virtual railroad that I alluded to earlier. And so we are expanding our AFN as we speak. All right. Speaking of the website, twosimple.com, it's got a lot of really good videos. On, uh, on several of the tabs across the top that I think were really informative and I think helpful. Uh, I do want to talk about, um, well, 
I know that I realize that as the technology continues to develop and evolve, uh, you know, things will, will, will change, but I'm curious how you're able to overcome certain conditions. You know, there's inclement weather or whether it's snow on the highways or even like deliveries in, in tight spaces. Is that just a non-starter right now? Like blindside alley, you know, dock in downtown Chicago, for example. Yeah. Yeah. So some of those are, are quote off limits for right now. Um, and so let me give you kind of some examples that you alluded to me as examples in rain. We're, we're fine in rain. Our, our camera technology holds up very well in the rain. Uh, LIDAR doesn't handle rain as well, but like most people in our space, we have uh, the three sensor suite, camera, LIDAR, and radar. And our camera system does very well in the rain. Um, high congested areas, you said Chicago. Um, we're, we're not going to be operating in high congestion areas like that in the near future. Um, mostly be, not because the intelligence can't do it. It's just because of the obstacles of, of the congestion. Um, so the, those are some areas that uh, we're, we're not able to operate again in snow, high congestion urban areas um, such as downtown Chicago, New York City, Washington, D.C. We're, we're not going to be there anytime soon. Um, but again, it does very well in the rain. As far as the capability of, for instance, tight docks, backing, we can do that. We can do that very well. The, the technology is extremely advanced and it can get that done. But just as far as the environment, what we envision happening, Jeremy, is because we will be going straight into customer facilities, distribution centers, what we envision and what we've been talking to with our, our stakeholders, our partner stakeholders, if you will, strategic partners, is separating the manual from the autonomous deliveries. Because again, they'll be doing the hybrids, uh, both of those, you know, come 2024. And so we're, the plan is to, to separate those, have a separate, quote, launching pad for autonomous vehicles versus the manual vehicles. Um, so there are some limitations. Um, so it's geographic. And in I think we may get into this later if we start talking about how this is going to affect the labor market. But so not only are there going to be some uh, geographic and, and other weather condition limitations, but because it's high definition maps on an AFN and it's not level five, it's level four. Um, our sweet spot is going to be that long haul um, DC to DC type of move. And it's going to be high volume. You know, repetitious lanes. And so that's where we see the early adoption of autonomous trucks is going to be those high volume, uh, repetitious lanes. So, um, it's going to be a gradual adoption and proliferation of autonomous trucks. Well, and, and I want to talk about the benefits as well as some of the risks, uh, that and challenges that you face. But on the benefits side, um, can you speak to the why? Why, um, what are the benefits of, of Two Simple's proprietary autonomous technology, the benefits to the industry and, and to those utilizing it? Yeah. So what are you trying to solve? Right. So um, a couple of things, a couple of things. Uh, we're all very familiar, I believe, with the driver shortage. Um, you and I were at a trucking conference just recently. And I don't know about you, but I didn't talk to a single motor carrier that didn't doesn't have a, a problem hiring drivers right now. Um, and so there's there's an absolute need for for more drivers, more more capacity. Um, and, uh, again, talking to most of the folks in the industry, that hardest job to fill, uh, in trucking is that long haul driver, which again is our sweet spot. So we are going to help the, the trucking industry and the supply chain, 
solve that that driver shortage through uh, consistent, reliable freight capacity. And and that's you know that the imbalance right now and has been for some time. And I think all indications are it's going to continue for some time. Is there is that imbalance between um, uh, greater demand for freight capacity than there is supply of freight capacity. So we're going to help solve for that uh, efficiencies. We're going to help solve for efficiencies. You for a couple of reasons, right? So you don't have to abide by you know, the federal regulations of hours of service, uh, which is something that obviously <laughs> it was something uh, that I was working on for a couple of years at the FMCSA. But uh, we don't have to worry about the hours of service regulations. We don't have to worry about mandatory rest breaks. Uh, we don't have to worry about driver um, just patterns, right? Um, <clears throat> so it's going to be more efficient. And an example of that, I don't know if you saw um, a few weeks ago, we did a pilot program with a produce grower, uh, Jamera, uh, and we took a load of watermelons from Nogales, Arizona to Oklahoma City, and we tried to replicate as best we could uh, what an AV would run would look like compared to a single driver, not a team driver, drivers, but a single driver. And a single driver is going to take about 24 hours to make that run. It's just shy of a thousand miles. And so we ran it with teams. Right. Um, although it was in AV mode, basically all but that first and final mile. Uh, and we did it in 14 hours. Right. So we shaved 10 hours off about 42 percent more, more efficient and, and more productive. And so when we did the release on that, Jeremy, I thought, OK, yeah, there'll be some folks that think this is kind of cool. But the, the inquiries we received from not only just media, but but from shippers and carriers and produce providers, was was really tremendous um, because think about that specifically the produce right you're you're quicker to market so less spoilage you can expand the distance because you don't have to take the breaks so you can get to areas where you couldn't get to before so you think about those types of benefits as well um, lastly or not lastly um, this is a safer product right so again if you look at, at the studies about 90 percent or so of, of accidents and fatalities evolving large trucks is human error, not always a truck driver, human error. I get that and, and fully appreciate that. And that was what I did for 15 years at Werner was, was focused on that. But so obviously our AI, AI, artificial intelligence doesn't get fatigued. It doesn't get distracted. It doesn't operate impaired. Uh, and so you're going to eliminate a, a great, a great majority of human error related collisions involving trucks. And that's, that's going to be safer for everybody on the runway, including Human truck drivers, obviously. Uh, lastly, is it, it's greener. So we compared our manually driven miles versus our autonomous driven miles in you know the exact lanes. So it's an apples to apples comparison, and we found about a ten percent improvement in MPG in the autonomous miles versus the manual miles. Uh, and for your listeners that are heavy on on ADAS in their fleet, they probably see you know maybe not that great, but they probably see some efficiencies when they're running you know ADAS because you take away some of those human tendencies to jump on the throttle, brake, jump on the throttle and brake, and you just have a much more consistent ride. And so therefore you see that improvement in the MPG. So those are the main, the main uh, benefits of autonomy. Those are some strong, those are some strong benefits and I, and, and, it, and it makes a lot of sense. Let's talk about uh, uh, challenges or risks for a minute. Uh, you know, public perception, is that, is that a, a challenge to overcome? That's, that's absolutely a challenge to overcome. Um, you know, when I was working at the DOT, I, you know, my boss was, was Secretary Chow at the time, and, and she would always say, hey, the biggest obstacle to autonomy 
is not going to be the technology. It's not going to be the regulatory environment. It's going to be public perception. And how do you get the public at large to, to embrace what it is that autonomy can bring to the market? And so, yes, that, that is going to be a headwind, so to speak. And candidly, Jeremy, it's incumbent upon us and our competitors in the, in the space to make sure that we are educating people on the benefits that we do bring to society and to the supply chain, uh, safer, cleaner, more efficient. Um, so it's incumbent upon us. And I'll, I'll just throw out there, you may have seen it. Um, you know, the DOT uh, commissioned the Volpe Center, which which has a tremendous research, you know, has a great research facility, the Volpe Center, to analyze what autonomy would do to uh, labor and the economy. And I would urge folks that have some interest in the space to read that, that because it its opinion, its conclusions were that it's going to create jobs, that it will, I don't know if they quantify the exact net effect to the driver labor force itself, but it was basically neutral because we believe, they believe, concur that it's going to be increased first and final mile runs, right? And so um, the the societal perception is, is probably our, our strongest, our strongest headwind. Secondarily, I suppose the regulatory environment is very supportive, both on the federal and the state side. Um, so, you know, we're operating, as I said earlier, Arizona, New Mexico, Texas is going to get into Florida, go through Mississippi, Alabama, into the Carolinas. In all, in all of those states, they've already permit L4 deployment. And in most of those states, in fact, they permit L, or I'm sorry, L4 testing, but in most of the states, they already permit L4 deployment, meaning we could take the driver out today if we so chose. So the regulatory environment, um, it's, it's pretty supportive. People sometimes confuse the regulatory environment of the autonomous trucking versus autonomous passenger vehicles because it is a different regulatory landscape. Passenger vehicles have a, a, a uh, some more hurdles than, than the commercial space. Um, so I would say those are the, the, the main ones. And then lastly, quite candidly, is, is you know, our industry, right? Our, our, our industry in trucking um, change doesn't come easy for this industry. Uh, and so, you know, we're working, uh, again, I alluded to some of our early on strategic partners that have come out publicly, you know, the, the Werner Schneiders, you express UPS, um, the Penske's, those folks that have publicly, uh, are willing to state their partnership with us. Um, but, but expanding that, that sphere into more motor carriers, more shippers, that are progressive enough to, to want to engage and, and adopt this, I'd say that's, you know, the, the, the last headwind, not the last, but top three, top three. So here's the million dollar question. You know, what does the future hold? You know, does, does, is there a plan uh, to, to disrupt the, the industry enough to where drivers are completely removed from the cab of the truck? You know, is and if that is the plan, you know, when, you know, when could that happen? What do you, what do you foresee? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yes, it's going to happen. And, and, and again, I hate to point people to literature, but the, the World Economic Forum did an analysis of, of supply chain constraints and talked about autonomy being the answer. You know, it's worldwide a $4 trillion market in the States, about an $800 billion market. Um, and so there's absolutely enough space for both the autonomous uh, operated vehicles, commercial vehicles, and of course the human operated vehicles. So yes, it's going to happen. The, the, um, the problems that we're solving are great. And so they, they will be adopted. The when, um, so our partnership, 
with our OEM partner is Navistar, and our uh, joint agreement with Navistar targets 2024, um, which is when our technology will be purpose-built into their trucks, coming off of their assembly lines and available uh, for purchase in the market. And then we will operate the virtual driver for whomever buys that truck. So we believe that come 2024, Jeremy, there are going to be trucks operating on highways, interstates in the United States will not have a human behind the wheel. And as I said earlier, we believe it's going to be a gradual progression, proliferation of autonomy um, in those constraints that I talked about earlier, being geographic in scope, you know, certain lanes, it's just not going to make sense. Um, and first and final mile will, will probably increase on the human side versus the autonomous side. So um, that's the timeline as we see it. And it's going to take, you know, a number of years before you're going to, quote, saturate lanes with, you know, tens and thousands of autonomous trucks. But I could very well see, Jeremy, in the next 10 years, you're going to have in the tens and thousands of trucks on the road in autonomy for a good chunk of their route, if not the entirety of their route, uh, depending again on, on the lane and, and the or origination and destination. So yeah, it's, and it's really exciting. And because when you get back to the benefits, you talk about a safer product, more reliable capacity, solving the driver shortage, more fuel efficient, uh, all the, all the benefits that, that autonomous trucks brings to the supply chain. It's going to be a game changer. It's not, it's it absolutely, we use the word disruptor too often, I think, in, in today's business parlance, but, but this actually is going to disrupt and change the supply chain for the best without, without eliminating the need and completely displacing 3.5 million human drivers. That's, that's just not going to happen. Certainly not in your lifetime and my lifetime. Well, and that, thank you for the cherry on top because that, was, <laughs> <laughs> that little bit there, I think, is, 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 is helpful. You know, there was a, a deeper dive question that was asked uh, in a previous uh, episode. Uh, and the question was, how can I convince potential drivers that their jobs won't be eliminated soon with autonomous vehicles? Now, um, I didn't know that, that, you know, I'd be talking to you or I would have uh, reserved that, you know, question for, for this. But it sounds like you, you kind of answered that. By basically saying in our lifetime, complete elimination, that's not the case. But in fact, it might shift a little bit from those longer haul types of lanes to more first and final mile. Is that? I, I think you're spot on. I, I think that's a great summary of it. Um, and, and we talk in terms of, and I mean this, and if you not only, if you're a truck driver today, and I don't care if you got your CDL yesterday, there's no doubt in my mind, you'll be able to retire a truck driver your whole professional career as you foresaw it will absolutely be a truck driver. The job might be tweaked a little bit, perhaps, depending on where you live. That might be tweaked a bit. But we're very sensitive um, about not only existing drivers, but the pipeline of, of potential drivers in an industry. Because, as again, I think we all know and, and would agree that we don't have enough drivers. And and so we're very sensitive. We don't want to narrow that pipeline any, any more narrow than it already is. And so there's no doubt in our minds that there's always going to be a need for that human truck driver, certainly when you're talking about L4. And again, we don't think L5 is, it may never come to be to fruition. So yeah, there, there's always going to be a need for the human driver, Jeremy. There, there's no, it's just that the technology won't get to the point, we believe, to where you completely eliminate the human driver. Just that we don't see that happen. Well, that's that's encouraging to hear. And, and Jim, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, I hope you'll join me again down the road as as the technology continues to evolve. And I'm sure the audience would love to stay informed.
Yeah, yeah. So lastly, we're, we're doing a human out pilot, in fact, uh, at the end of this year in Arizona. We'll run about 85 miles, uh, completely autonomous, no human in the truck. That might be a good time for Jeremy if you want to chat again after that. Done. Consider All right. That. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jim. I really appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Jeremy. And thanks for joining me for another episode of Taking the Higher Road and for spreading the word for your industry peers. Really appreciate it. Now, remember, you can submit any questions or comments, including those which may appear on upcoming Deeper Dive segments at podcast at driverreach.com. And don't forget to rate and review Taking the Higher Road on whatever platform you listen. Until next time, thank you for taking the higher road. <laughs> <laughs>